Well, it is good to see everybody this morning. So glad you guys came out and braved the rain. And would you welcome everybody in our video venue right now? Let them know that we're thankful that they are here. And uh, it has been a great series. And uh, today we are finishing this Tough Love series. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's bittersweet when I wrap up these series because uh, as a team, we, pray, we, we go away and we pray and we plan and we go, God, what do you want to talk about? And, and what's beautiful about this is it's not just that we create a series and then we come and just kind of transfer information to you. What I find is in every series, God will give us an idea. He'll begin to teach. And then all throughout the series, he's still revealing and teaching things to me all the way through this series, and it's kind of bittersweet because you put in that time and you put in that effort, and then they go, okay, we need a new series next week. Let's go. And I'm like, well, wasn't that last one enough? You know, and it's like, no, we need another one. And sometimes there's this, we come to this place where we go, we want our work to matter, and we wonder if it's counting and if it's making a difference. Like Andy said, for some of us in this place, maybe you're in college right now, maybe you're looking at college and you wonder, what am I going to give my life to? Or maybe you're at the end of your career and you ask this question yourself, did my career, did my life matter? And both of us, everybody in this room, are, even if you never use this word, our hearts say this, I want to leave a what in this world? Legacy. I want to leave a Legacy. I want to leave a difference in this world. I want to to count for something. The only problem is a lot of times we never take time to think about what is our legacy. For some of you, you might be like me, and I just, I no longer make New Year's resolutions, so I don't have to feel guilty about breaking them, you know? You don't have to feel guilty if you never make them, right? And for us, some of the time, we never have to feel guilty about our legacy not coming to fruition because you go, well, I never planned to have one. And so I'm 100% right now, you know, I'm doing really good. Except we know at the end of our days, we know if our life mattered, doesn't it? We know about the lives that have mattered and made a difference in our life. Matter of fact, every one of us are here today because of the investment in our life. You saw the baptism today. I was getting to know their story backstage, and they said, yeah, we started coming here to Northside two years ago. And they said what was so neat was that she began to bring her husband to church, and she said, now my family's coming, my dad's coming. And and then you saw the biggest smile on her face, and what I saw was this. She wasn't saying this, but what God was doing in her life was this. She's leaving a legacy. She's leaving a legacy of changed lives. Today, if you don't know Jesus, what you're finding is this. Jesus is inviting us in to leave a legacy. And the question is not if we'll leave a legacy. The question you and I need to answer today is this. What legacy are we already leaving? Because you're leaving a legacy. I'm leaving a legacy. A lot of times we don't even know what we're leaving. It's not if we will leave one. It's which legacy are you already leaving? Here's the problem about legacy. A lot of times we ask these questions. We go, man, what is my legacy? What is my life about? This is why sometimes people go out and they buy a Corvette when they're 50 years old, right? Because they go, maybe that'll help shape my legacy. We begin to guess what we want our life to be. But here's what we need to understand that we're going to find in the life of Jesus is this. Legacy is always about others. It's never about ourselves. This is why people continue to ask the question, what is my legacy? What is my legacy? I don't know if I have, I don't know if my legacy is good enough yet. And here's the problem, because your legacy is never about you. It's always about others. I remember this became real for me when uh, over six years ago we found out we were going to have our first kid, Lily. And uh, I didn't begin to think of this term of legacy, but things began to change in my life. And uh, what happens is this, when you get married, this is just kind of the rule of marriage. Whoever has the nicer car, the wife gets to drive it. 
You know, that's just kind of the rules. It's not in scripture, but I think it might be buried deep in there. And so when I got married, I had a 2002 green Honda Civic and my wife had a 1996 Nissan Sentra that when you floored it, it would go. And then it would take off, you know. Guess who drove that one? That was me. And I drove it. It was perfectly fine. I don't care what I drive. It, it tried to choke me a few times because it still had that electric seatbelt that when you closed the door, I wasn't used to it. Back, you know, and it like, like what, what kind of car is this? And I remember the day that it died and we were going, all right, we got to get a new car. And we found out we had a baby on the way. And the first thing that happened in my heart, like when it comes out of our heart, you know, it's just going to come out. It's like, I'm buying a Jeep. You know, that's just, that's, that's my legacy is going to be a Jeep, you know, and we're going to, we're going to enjoy this life. And so we started looking for Jeeps and then we started asking ourselves like, will kids stay warm in the winter, <laughs> you know, right in the back, especially a newborn. And I began to think about it a little bit more and, and I began to go, you know what? I want that, but I don't know if that's what's best for the family. And I wasn't using that word legacy. And here's the thing. A lot of times when we talk about our legacy, we never use the word legacy, but our decisions shape our legacy. We didn't buy a Jeep. We bought a 2003 gold Honda Accord. No 30-year-old man wakes up and says, my dream car is a gold 2003 Honda Accord. No offense, Honda Accord drivers, right? I bought a Honda so it would run for the family. Here's what I didn't know, and you can look this up on carcomplaints.com. I'm not lying here already. The 2003 model is the worst model of all Honda Accords. I'm, not, I'm serious. It leads all Honda Accords in transmission failure. And I went, God, I'm trying to make good decisions for my family. And all I get is broken transmissions. Thanks a lot, kids. I could have had a Jeep, you know. <laughs> and in these moments, we're making decisions about our future because our legacy is always about others, whether we know it or not. It's about others. The only thing is this. We try to make decisions right now, hoping that this leads to a legacy. I try to make a smart decision on a car, hoping that it will sustain only to have the transmission fall out. And can we just take a moment and, and realize that it seems like, and I think it's the power of social media, but doesn't it seem like right now more than ever in our world that the legacies of people are crashing down faster than we've ever seen? We're seeing the president of CBS have to step down right now because of sexual misconduct. We're seeing news anchors this week right now. We're waiting for a testimony to happen for a Supreme Court nominee. And a man who's built his life, his legacy in one week, might be done. Last night, there was a school superintendent in Texas who resigned over a racist remark he put on Facebook because he said, you can't trust a black quarterback talking about Deshaun Watson. Ugly, disgusting. And this guy went to college and paid all this money and had his career, and his career is over. As it should be. See, we don't think about our legacy until sometimes we lose it. What we need to understand today is this. Jesus, in his tough love, leaves a legacy for us. Here's the beauty for you and I. We don't need to wonder what our legacy is going to be. When we look at Jesus, he invites us to say, I don't need you to dream about what your legacy is going to be. I want you to live my legacy. 
See, too often times we wonder what our legacy is, and Jesus goes, I've already written it. I want you to come and live the legacy that I'm leaving for you. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13, because oftentimes we skip over this passage, and we begin, and we know the legacy of the cross, of what Jesus did for all of us, but we miss some of these legacy moments that lead up to the cross that define for us what does it look like to live out the legacy of Jesus, to live out this tough love. Jesus is saying, I know this will be the last week of this tough love series, but this isn't the last week that I want this tough love of me to live in your life. Listen what this scene looks like in John chapter 13, verse 1. It says this, it was just before the Passover feast, which is when all of the Jews would get together and they would remember that it was God who saved them. It was God who gave them a legacy when they were slaves in Egypt and they had no way out. And God rescued them and he brought them out of slavery and he gave them a new way and he gave them a life. And what it is, is it's a foreshadowing of our story of Jesus that when we were a slave to sin, Jesus comes and he rescues us and he pulls us out and he says, you had no legacy. You were dead in sin and I want you to be alive in me. I want you to live the life that I have for you. I'm giving you a legacy. And it says it was just before that Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. This is the last night that Jesus is on earth. Think for a moment, what are you going to do if someone says this is your last night? You start thinking about where you're going to have your last meal, don't you? Probably won't find you at McDonald's, right? Where are you going? Some of you are like, I'm going to Jeff Ruby's, and I'm not getting one ribeye, I'm getting two. Glory to God, right? You know, I'm going out in style, right? We're going, you know what, everything's going to be the best. I'm going to experience the best. I'm going to do everything I can if I have one night. And listen to what Jesus does. He knows he's going back to the Father, and listen to what he chooses to do. It says, having loved his own, talking about the disciples who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. That's what we do on those last moments. If we know we only have one day left, we call those that we love the most and we let them know what we think about them. We invest in them, we speak life in them, and this is what Jesus does. Listen to what he does in verse 2. It says, The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing. And what would happen is people would, would travel, they would have this outer clothing, and then underneath it they would have this full body clothing. Kind of like if you see a football player, he's got all these football pads on a jersey, and when he takes off his jersey, he has all this under armor on underneath. Jesus takes off his outer garb, and listen to what he does. He says, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I know some of you looking at me going, that's weird. That's weird. And you know why it's weird? Because that's not what we would do. This is why we need to pay attention to the legacy of Jesus. The legacy of Jesus does what you and I wouldn't do. This is why we need him. Because he lives a life that we wouldn't opt to live. He saves us when we can't 
save ourselves. And he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And not only that, it says that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he would come from God and he was returning to God. He knows that everything belongs to him. He is in charge. He doesn't owe anybody anything. And yet he gets up and he begins to serve his disciples. See, the legacy of Jesus, it's unassuming. It's unexpected. And yet it comes and it blesses us and it serves us. The only thing is this, Peter missed the legacy moment of Jesus. You ever had that moment in life where things are going on and it's not till like a couple years later that you look back and you go, oh God, I get what you were doing. And he was like, yeah, hello, right? You know, I was trying to get your attention. I was trying to work it. I was trying to move in your life. And it took you three years to get a hold of this. This is what we find in this moment, this legacy moment of Jesus, that he's literally washing the disciples' feet. Because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that when Jesus came and he met that woman caught in adultery, and it said that he was started writing in the dirt. We always argue, theologians argue, what was he writing in the dirt? But what, if you remember this, is that Jesus wasn't just trying to write in the dirt. Jesus was wanting to get on her level that he would come down and say, you know what, I want to get on your level. And this is the gospel story, this is the good news of Jesus, that sometimes we think God is always up here and we're down here, and he wants nothing to do with us, but what we see in Jesus is not only does he come down on our level, when he's washing the disciples' feet, where does he go? Below us. Don't we love friends who call us, not for anything, but just to ask how we're doing? Not hey, I'm moving next week, and are you available? And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to Men's Challenge, right? That's why you need to sign up for Men's Challenge, right? <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. But I'm going to be with Jesus that weekend, you know. But we love it. We love it when we have friends who just go, how are you doing? Now, what's going on in your life? No, I'm here for you. I'm not here just to serve you so I can get something from you. I'm just here to serve you. And this is what Jesus does. He, doesn't, he starts in heaven, gets on our level, and then he goes below our level and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. What a legacy. But here's the point, you ready? Peter missed Jesus' legacy. I miss these legacy moments of Jesus. I forget that, man, it was Jesus who served me. Oftentimes my prayers can become, Jesus, if you love me, give me this. If you really knew the desires of my heart, God, you would have been started doing this. And he's going, didn't I die for you? Didn't I leave heaven for you? Listen to what Peter says, verse 6. Jesus, he comes to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He doesn't get it. Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Later on, you're going to get this. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. We got to understand this moment. This isn't just a nice gesture from Jesus. What Jesus is saying is this, if I don't make you clean, it's not just about he physically has to come wash our feet, but he's going, if I don't make you clean, if I don't save you, you have no part with me. You have no part. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, no man should give another man a bath. No, he didn't say that. I'm just joking, man. I'm just joking. You're like, what?
just making sure you're awake, dude. It's dreary outside. You got warm coffee. Hang with me. Jesus answered him, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet, meaning you can be clean, but Peter, just because you're clean in this world doesn't mean I've made you clean. His whole body's clean. And he said, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And then that was why he said not everyone was clean. See, we can be around Jesus, but you can miss the legacy of Jesus. You can miss what he's trying to do. Here's what the legacy of Jesus is. If you're following along, you want to write this in. The legacy of Jesus is that Jesus serves us so he can save us. For some of us in this room... You have a hard time accepting gifts from people, don't you? I'm not going to make you raise your hand. A lot of times we can't receive. We love to give gifts, but we don't want to receive things. There's something uncomfortable about it because then we feel like, oh, maybe I owe you. And sometimes we, we struggle to receive gifts in this world. And yet what we understand is this. Jesus is telling Peter, hey, listen, unless I wash you, unless I make you clean, you will have no part with me unless I come in and save you. That is, this is hard for us to get a handle on. This is hard for us to understand that when Jesus bent down and washed his disciples' feet, he wasn't just trying to do something nice. What he was saying is this, this is my legacy. This is the way I've called you to live. The one who created the mountains. This week I was in Colorado Springs for a pastor's conference, suffering for Jesus. You know, it's one of those things, here I am, Lord, send me. Oh, Colorado, I'm in, right? And I remember sitting out there this week, reading the scriptures, looking out, at Pike's Peak, going, God, look what you created. And the one who created the mountains, Jesus, and the one who created the oceans, the one who created the rivers, and the one who created the trees, and the one who created you and me, bends down and pours the water he created into a basin and washes feet that don't deserve it. You will never experience the legacy of Jesus unless you allow him to serve you with his grace. This is why we open this series saying this, the toughest thing that you'll ever do is let Jesus love you. That's the toughest thing. We want to earn our legacy, we want to form our legacy. And Jesus says, you have no legacy unless you let me love you. You've got no legacy unless you allow me to wash you and make you clean. You have no part of me. I came across this, I saw this picture, and I went, man, what a perfect example of the love and the leadership of Jesus. Because there's this new leadership idea out there that's been around for a little while called this idea of servant leadership where it goes, if you want to be a good leader, you actually serve your company, you actually serve your employees, you actually serve your family, your legacy actually doesn't become about you, it becomes about other people. And the business world's picking this up and they're going, man, what if we really served our people? And I saw this picture, it was this difference between a boss and a leader. And what this picture I thought perfectly described was, this is what a boss does. A boss sits back and says, go make more money for us. And a leader says, no. I'll go first. See, what Jesus is doing in this moment is he is being the leader and forming a legacy that we need by going, I'm not just going to tell you to go serve this world. I'm going to serve you first. 
What a legacy. What a legacy. Matter of fact, everybody's caught on to this idea. Philippians chapter 2 talks about how Jesus was this servant leader in business. People have caught on to this idea that what if we serve? The Marines have caught on to this idea. They have this phrase, leaders eat last. That when it's time to eat, the leaders eat last because they're going, we want our men and women to eat first. It is about them, not about us. Even if you get in trouble with the law, they sentence you to community what? Service. Because what they know is this. If you begin to live your life for something more than you, it will change your life. What a novel idea. It's like, it's like somebody created that idea. It's like there was a way that God created for us to live in this world. But here's what we got to understand when we begin to think about our legacy. And I saw this in myself. I saw this in Peter. Is this. Our passion can be poison. Our passion can be poison. Sometimes we go, I just want to go get after it. I just want to make my life count. And we just take off and we go driving. And we go, this is what my legacy is going to be. I'm going to leave my kids all my restored cars and all the land that I have. There's nothing wrong with restored cars or land unless it's your hope. Unless it's what defines you. Unless you go, that is all that I am, is my stuff. Because you know what your kids are going to do when you die with all of your cars? You can say it. You're going to sell them. And your legacy is going to go to an auction. And you know what your kids are going to do with your land? You found out there's not enough houses around here for people. That's why our market's going up. Your kids are going to make your land into a subdivision. And they're not going to name it after you because they sold it. Nothing wrong to have land. Nothing wrong to have a restored car if you can afford it. Jesus says, if that is what is your identity and your legacy, you'll have no part with me. See, part of our problem is we get an idea and we just start going after it and we don't even know it, but we drive our life off a cliff. Peter, never, Lord. Okay, then wash my head and my feet. Ah! Here's the deal, and this is what I love about Peter. When Jesus asked who do you say I am? And he says, I believe you're the Christ. I believe you're Messiah. He says, good for you. He says, my father has revealed that to you. And he says, and I'm going to go die on the cross for all the sins of humanity. And he says, never. And then what does Jesus tell him? Get behind me what? Satan. If Jesus calls you Satan, you need to stop talking. All right. <laughs> what, is G what does Peter do in this legacy moment with Jesus? He just keeps talking. You're not going to wash my feet. Shh. Sometimes when it comes to our future and our legacy, Jesus just goes, Shh. I don't need you to create a legacy. You know what Jesus is telling the disciples here? You know what he's telling you and I today? I don't need you to go leave a legacy. I need you to live my legacy. How do we live this legacy? What does this legacy begin to look like? 
is what he begins to describe for you and I today. If you don't know your legacy, or maybe this will be a gut check for what you think your legacy is, maybe you need to take whatever your future plans are and crash this against the words of Jesus. Listen to what he says in verse 12. He says, I don't need you to leave one. I need you to live my legacy. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus knows they, they, they didn't get it. You understand? Today, some of you are going, oh man, I've been like, do, I've been like creating my legacy for the last 20 years. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Here's the legacy I'm calling you to. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Doesn't mean that you can't have a business. But does your business reflect the legacy and the ways of Jesus? The way that you invest your life reflect the way of Jesus. He says, I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus says, I want you to live my legacy. You don't need to worry about leaving a legacy. He actually says, you will leave a legacy if you live my legacy. He even goes on to give a guarantee. I love this because so many times I thought that Honda Accord was going to guarantee me that it was going to run. And 99.9% of the time, the Honda Accord will, except 2003. Jesus says, it's not, hey, come live my legacy and hopefully your life works out. What does he say? You will be what? You will be blessed. We had a team get back from Haiti last night, and we got a team going to the Dominican Republic in two weeks. Over 100 people are going, and I guarantee you this, they're going to come back. And for those who have never been before, you're going to be just like me. When I went on my first mission trip, I came back, and someone asked me this question, Nate, how was it? And I remember tearing up. I went to Mexicali, Mexico, and I began to work with these kids. You know, I had this church building like this. They had no church building. They had no formal, you know, place to learn about Jesus. They had, you know, they did, we had to go buy water. They didn't have running water, all these things I took advantage for. And I remember somebody asked me, how was it? And I began to tear up as a high schooler. And I remember saying this, you know, well, I thought I was going to go down there and I was going to bless them and I was going to save them. And then this is what everybody's going to do when they come back from the Dominican, just like me. And then you're going to get choked up and you're going to go. And then the ugly face is going to come out. <laughs> I went to bless them and they what? They blessed me. Jesus goes, huh. It's like I told you that. You just didn't listen. Shh. Shh. Create your legacy. But create your legacy from living the legacy that Jesus giving us. It's not fickle. It's permanent. I heard this phrase. I thought it summarized it well. What it looks like to live the legacy of Jesus is this, is that saved people serve people. 
people who are washed, people who have been brought in to the family and the legacy of Jesus, saved people, serve people. And just for a moment, would you just imagine something with me? Imagine what it would look like if everybody in this room, if everybody in our church began to say, I'm not just going to live for my legacy. I'm going to begin to live a legacy. I'm going to begin to serve. I'm going to begin to go, Jesus, what is it that you want me to do? I want to begin to step into your legacy. I want to begin to live the life that you have for me. See, because what happens is when we start stepping into that tough love of Jesus, even when the series ends, this love and this legacy never does. It continues to lead you into the next season. It continues to call you in to the next thing that God has for you. He says, come on with it. Come on with this legacy. People assume all the time here, they go, I bet you don't need volunteers because, man, look at this. And i got to let you know, we need more and more volunteers. We need more and more people serving, loving, leading children. I can tell you right now, of all the people who have served me in the church, starting with Tim Lamaster, who was my junior high small group leader for three years, God bless him, right? Put up with me and my friends for three years and taught me the ways of Jesus. Then Clay Carpenter began to invest his life into mine. Mary Armas, who was on our student ministry staff. It was Mark Hostetler who allowed me to preach to junior high kids because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And he said, come leave a legacy by living the legacy of Jesus right now. It was Neil Wyndham and Brian Mills and Mike Baker and my dad and all these people who began to invest in me to say, I want you to live a legacy now. Nate, it's not about 40 years later leaving a legacy. It is about living the legacy now. Here's the deal. We don't need volunteers here. I thought you just said you needed volunteers. We don't need volunteers. We need people who will live the legacy of Jesus and who will say in 40 years, we'll see a different generation follow the Lord. You know the only two things that are eternal in this world? You know what they are? If you want to invest in eternal goods, the only two things that are promised that are eternal in this world are God's word and people. You might want to invest in both. Because Jesus says, when you do, you will be blessed. You want to leave a legacy? Live the legacy. But here's the deal, you ready? We can't live an eternal legacy till we allow Jesus to wash us into eternity. So a lot of times we want to do good things. It's good. Why don't you meet the one who's here to wash our feet and to take our sin on the cross so we can live a new way? Is this your legacy? Is this what is defining you? Peter missed it. The disciples missed it. Jesus served them, loved them, and at the cross, where were the disciples? Scattered. You know why? They hadn't chosen yet to live the legacy. Right now, our leaders are going to go back and get ready to serve 
communion. And we do communion here every week because what we do is this. When you become a follower of Jesus, you take the bread and the juice. And what this reminds us of, what this reminds us of is our legacy. That it is only in Christ, it is only in his sacrifice for us that we have a legacy that we have a hope, that we have a rescuer. This is why Jesus is the Passover feast. He is the Passover lamb. As God rescued Israel out of Egypt, God sends Jesus to rescue us out of our sin and says, you don't have to wonder and you don't have to create your own legacy. Jesus is our legacy. We just have to live in him. So if you're going to take communion today, if you're a follower, remember, you don't just take this and say you're sorry to Jesus. You take this and go, no, Jesus, not only thank you for forgiving my sin and you confess your sins to him, what you need to do too is go, no, Jesus, I need to remember you're my future. You're not just my past. God, you're my, you're my present. In you, all things hold together. Last night after service, I got to baptize a friend. Boy, she had been through the ringer. Been a hard five years, the past five years. And what was beautiful last night is her and the friend who brought her in was in the baptistry. And then about 30 of her friends from her groups here at church were down there to celebrate her. And I looked at her and I said, you tonight are beginning to live the legacy. And I looked out at all the people and I said, thank you for making an eternal investment into her. And guess what happened? That moment was blessed. It was like God knew what we needed and supplied it for us at Jesus. Let me pray. And then a little bit, the band's going to sing over you. Just take these words in and be reminded of the legacy that we have in Jesus right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for having a plan that isn't our plan. Because quite honestly, God, we would just be selfish. We'd only think about ourselves and our comfort. But Jesus, you don't do that. You don't think it just about you, you think about us. And Jesus, you served us even when we wouldn't honor you or even when we didn't understand you and even when the disciples didn't get you, you continued to love and to invest your life into us. And so this morning, we just simply pause to say, thank you, thank you for meeting our heart's desires. Thank you for loving us and investing into us when we didn't think we're worth investing in. And help us today, God, to understand you are calling us into this life with you because of what you did on the cross for us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Let's take communion together.